Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Elephant in the Room with Sam DeMarco. My name is Doug Jones, founder and CEO of Get Elected, and today I want to give you three quick tips on how to use social media to connect with voters. When we post anything on social media promoting candidates or our committees, our goals are to engage, inform, and compel action. Tip number one is to engage frequently. You should be posting a couple of times a day if you can, and it's one of the key reasons why finding a social media savvy volunteer for your committee should be a top priority. Tip two is to inform your followers concisely. Keep your post to one or two short sentences and limited to one topic only. And tip number three is to always, always, always tell them what you want them to do. It might be to vote, to volunteer, or to donate. Whatever the case, make sure you end your post with a call to action. For more ways to connect with voters, visit getelected.org, proud sponsor of The Elephant in the Room with Sam DeMarco. Good afternoon and welcome to The Elephant in the Room. Here on WJAS 1320 AM, I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, joined by my trusty sidekick, John Schneider, the Executive Director of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, and we have a couple special guests here today. But before we get to them, I want to welcome you all and thank you all for tuning into the show. It's very important. We're very excited. We've been getting great numbers. I mean, many of you folks are listening. Many of you are downloading and streaming and downloading our podcast, and we at the uh, Republican Committee of Allegheny County can't tell you how much we appreciate your support. I think it's very important that uh, and that you folks go out and vote on Tuesday, November 8th. Make your voices heard. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to take and help educate and inform all the electorate here is that what's at stake and to give you an opportunity to hear from our candidates. And when we talk about what's at stake, my gosh, what happened this week? Has Joe Biden, that doddering old fool, gone absolutely mad. I mean, coming out and trying to say he's going to forgive between 300 and $500 billion of student loan debt in an attempt to pander to some of the younger voters out there uh, who the Democratic Party is losing support amongst. I mean, this is unbelievable. I did an interview the other day. Uh, John, I don't know if you saw it, it was on WTAE. But they had asked, and uh, they said, what did I think? And I said, I, I think it's a slap in the face, you know, to everybody that went and actually you know, went to college and took out loans and paid their student loans off. And what about the people who chose not to go to college? The people that, you know, went and got jobs that are in the union members that are in the building trades. I mean, I thought that Joe Biden always claimed that he was for the working man. And what he's done here, this is nothing but a wealth transfer from our poorest to some of our richest folks that are out there. And I'm not saying that every young person with student loan debt is rich, but the reason why you go to college or they've gone to college is because they've been told that that's a step up to help make them successful. You have to go to college, get your education, get your degree, and that'll set you on a path so you'll be able to achieve the income dreams that you want out there in the future. So I think they did a study and they found that the, uh, you know, the majority of this benefit over 70% is going to go to people in the top 60% of wage earners. Now, this is insane. So not only did he come out and say, hey, you know, we're going to forgive $10,000 in student loan debt, but they said, well, if you're a Pell Grant recipient, we're going to take and we're going to forgive up to 20%, or excuse me, $20,000. Now, think about this. You could have a couple who may have been Pell Grant recipients going to college, making $249,999 a year, and he's taking and forgiving $40,000 of their student loan debt. I mean, a couple with $250,000 a year, that puts you in the top 10% of households out there. I mean, again, I mean, this is, again, it's, I, I'm, boy, you know, flabbergasted here, John. I mean, I, I just don't know what to say. To the people out there again, how do what do I tell you know, a waitress? What do I tell a single mother? What do I tell a family, young family struggling to get by that hey, you have to pay for somebody's gender studies degree? This is absolutely insane. I think it was a big mistake by Joe Biden, and I believe it's gonna backfire on him and hurt him at the polls here uh in the midterm elections coming up on November eighth. Anyway. And that was my monologue as I expressed my outrage, you know, but hey, have you been getting any calls on that? 
we've, we've, you know, I've heard from several people here, and I they share your sentiment and your outrage about this. You know, I mean, this is another great example of government, you know, picking winners and losers here, and it unfortunately it's going to hurt a lot of people and in, in, in the outcome. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about our guests today on our show. We have Steve Slouch, uh, and we also have Mike Pendle here for uh, State House District Number 45. Well, that's a great segue to try to get us to our guests, but I wasn't done. All right. Okay. Before we get to our guests, hey, you know, when we talk about this, it's not just this the unfairness of this giveaway, this transfer yeah. of wealth from poor to rich. But, you know, right now we're living with 8.5% inflation, right? Even people that get 2 3% wage increases each year, they're still losing, you know, at least 5 or 6% you know, of what of their income mm-hmm. to this insidious tax we call inflation. And taking and forgiving or wiping clean this $500 billion is only going to take and increase the inflationary pressures out there and exacerbate the problems we have in our economy. Yeah, And I don't know that if you saw, but on Thursday they came out, and after taking a second look at it, you know, we are in a technical recession. Yeah. I mean, GDP did take and decrease this past in the second quarter. So, you know, I'm concerned about what the future holds here, and I have no confidence or trust that this government, you know, that we have this administration, I should say, that we have in Washington, is going to be able to find a solution to this problem. <sighs> okay. Take a deep breath. <clears throat> that was it. Yes. Okay. That was it. Now we can get to what we're doing on this show. As I've told many of our listeners before, and I've told, uh, you know, our candidates this, one of the reasons why we wanted to do the elephant in the room was to a be able to talk about issues that were important here, you know, in Allegheny County, city of Pittsburgh, or our region as a whole, and to give our candidates who are running for office, many of them, some of the lesser knowns, the opportunity to come on a show and be able to tell you who they are, why they're running a little bit about themselves and what they hope to do. Should they be elected? And this is something that, it, to my knowledge, hasn't really been done before. You know, typically if these folks do get any press, you know, it's a chance interview by one of the folks on the local TV or radio in which they just ask them a couple questions and then they give a 17-second soundbite and then the reporter gives his narrative of what the candidate said and that's it. And we wanted the opportunity for you. Well, and we know these folks are out there knocking on doors. But we wanted to you to have the opportunity, if by chance you missed these folks at your door, to be able to hear from them and recognize a little bit about what they would hope to achieve. And that's why we've set this up. So we're, as John said, we're very happy to be interviewing two folks today. Uh, Mike Pendell, candidate for Pennsylvania State House in the 45th State Legislative District. And we're going to have Steve Schlock on here a little bit later. He's a candidate in the 25th. Correct. 25th State Legislative District. See, I remember that. I am not a doddering old fool like Joe Biden. So anyway, let's get right to our first guest, Mike Pendell. Mike, thank you for joining us here at the Elephant in the Room. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Really appreciate the platform and opportunity, as you spoke to earlier. Sometimes you only have a small window, and it's great to be able to have this platform, and I'm very thankful for you having me. Well, Mike, we appreciate you being here. Now, Mike, hey, for the folks that don't know, you know, Mike's a young guy. He'll we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, it reminds me of uh, you know, old Marky Mark here. Looks like a Calvin Clyde model, okay? <laughs> but uh, so he can tell you a little bit about that and, and why he's running. So, Mike, do you want to tell folks a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, how old you are, uh, where you went to school, some things like that? Yes, absolutely. So grew up in Robinson Township, uh, kind of grew up in a small business family. My father has a new construction contracting company, estate home builders. So I think as soon as I was able to, I would say, you know, handle myself on a job site is when I became part of the job site uh, from the most mundane task to job site cleanup to getting shingles on the roof, kind of taking the tasks that uh, nobody else wanted to do. And I feel like that really instilled in me my appreciation for small businesses and hard work. So I uh, had the privilege to go to Pittsburgh Central Catholic for high school, which I think was a fantastic opportunity. After Central, stayed local, went to Duquesne University, where I studied uh, both political science and history. And after school, 
I uh, had the great privilege of working alongside my father in his small business and uh, taught me a lot, made me appreciate even more kind of the burden placed on small businesses. As I say, you know, I really learned that you wear so many hats as a small business owner. You will kind of don't have a free minute to yourself, gathering materials in the morning, working long hours on the job site, meeting clients after hours, working on blueprints after hours, handling your business finances, handling your personal finances, and then, you know, trying to spend time with your family. So a great appreciation for both my mother and father for that. Um, after working for my father, kind of had a real blessing, uh, the opportunity to work in international business where I got to travel the world everywhere from China to Bulgaria. And it really, I think, twofold made me appreciate this country for all that we have, but also kind of made me gain insight on global economy and how countries are really trying to catch up to us. And it's kind of, you know, funny because we are their motivation to get better. And they're using us as a model of what not to do and what to do. Um, currently, I am in the medical device field sales. Uh, it's been a tremendous opportunity for me. Got to or get to work alongside physicians to help you know, patients get better. So I've really had a blessed, you know, career. I feel like I've lived many lives despite only being 29, but I feel like what I've learned from my father's business and kind of developing my own business career can be very applicable to helping those in my district. Well, Mike, that, you know, you, that, that is great. That's a great background. <clears throat> and I'm amazed that in your short life period, right, 20 years old, you've been able to squeeze so much of that into there. Okay. Yes. And, and you, you talked about, you know, growing up, you know, in a family of a small business owner and recognizing how, man, you're, you're everything there. Absolutely. You're the chef, cook, bottle washer. You got to do it all. So that's got to make you appreciate the many small businesses we have in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Absolutely. You're wanting to help those folks. Yes. And I mean, kind of leads into why I wanted to run. Um, I feel like one, they were, they were not represented well. And two, um, a quote I have to kind of borrow from Sean Parnell that I sp think speaks so well is crisis reveals character. And I feel like a lot of local politicians and even up to Washington's character was revealed through COVID mm -hmm. and um, they did not have the backs of small businesses. And we need somebody that's going to fight for those small businesses because I view them as one, the American dream and two, kind of representative as a whole of how a district, how a state, how a country is doing. So I want to just put myself out there as an advocate of small businesses, families, and individuals that are looking to pursue, you know, the American dream. Well, that's great to hear. And I'm sure any of our listeners who are small business owners will appreciate that. You know, and you don't have to be a small business owner to appreciate it. I mean, if you're an employee, you know, in your job, depends upon the health or vitality of a business, then you should care about the things that government does that affects those businesses. You know, and as Mike was just talking about here, our small businesses suffered a terrible, a terrible blow when during COVID, you know, Pennsylvania was basically shut down and the government was trying to pick winners and losers. Tom Wolf was saying, hey, if you're an essential business, you could stay open. Everyone else had to close, but then you'd be closed, but your competitor who just happened to be politically connected to the Democrats or to Tom Wolf's administration was open right up the street. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, you know, I, as a County councilman, you know, I know Mike, I was hearing firsthand from folks calling me, I mean, with tears, you're worried that they were going to lose everything that they had worked their entire lives to build. Yes. You know, because of this. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've heard from that. In, you, in your district, Absolutely. some of the people that are concerned about this. I mean, the sad reality is 50% of small businesses did not come out of COVID. Um, I've talked to small, you know, business commerce sections, and they've said, you know, that's the sad reality. And it's true to me that, you know, government should be limited, in my opinion. But in those situations is when government needs to step up and top down, bottom up, however you want to look at it, government wasn't there for those that that needed a, a fair shake mm -hmm. in that scenario. And I mean, like you said about, you know, picking and choosing losers, we just keep seeing it happen over and over again. And it's just putting party over the people as opposed to people over party. And that is why I feel like I needed to run because, you know, I feel like no one is getting a fair shake currently. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I was talking, I opened up the show talking about this uh, student loan yes. forgiveness 
which is nothing but, you know, wealth transfer. And, uh, you know, it reminds me, I mean, I'm out there and you hear from the Democrats all the time and they rail against former President Trump. Yes. And they talk about democracy was threatened. Well, the steps that this administration has just taken is doing more to threaten democracy than anything that former President Trump or anyone before him has ever done. I think de Tocqueville said, um, you know, that this grand experiment called America will last only as long until the people can find out that they can vote themselves a share of the treasury. It's a paraphrasing of what he said there. But the point is, that's basically what's happening here. Yes. And I was going to say, kind of tying into your your preamble about this pandering, um, I feel like, you know, as a government official, it is not about telling people what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that applies and is applicable to the student loan crisis. Um, You know, kind of from my international experience, India, China, they are going to college, but they are picking degrees that are going to be mutually beneficial, beneficial for themselves and their families, but also their country. So it's business, it's engineering, it's law. So kind of being, you know, very tactful in the education they get, as opposed to, like you said, gender studies, where, you know, what void are you are you filling for, for this nation? And also kind of tying into that, talking about pandering. It's so funny because this administration was so big on misinformation and kind of tying into what you said about the recession is they're currently redefining, redefining recession so that they could kind of play and pander. And, you know, talk about misinformation being dangerous. That's dangerous because you're misleading people in terms of, you know, instead of hunkering down and trying to save, people are still spending like we're, you know, not on the cusp of this. And, and that's what I view as, as dangerous. And I think it goes back to government officials pandering, not saying what is, you know, needed as opposed to just saying what people want to hear. And I, you know, view that as unacceptable. Yeah, no, listen, I couldn't agree more. You know, I appreciate you being able to articulate that, the message and what it means to the folks that are out there. You know, here we have, again, we don't know where inflation is going to go here. And people out there with credit card debt, you know, and these variable rates, as inflation uh, continues, as the Federal Reserve tries to step in and do what they can to fight it, you know, and they're raising interest rates there, that's affecting everybody's. Absolutely. You know, monthly budget. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is a real concern. Now, you're running in the 45th, 45th state district. legislative district. Yes, district I grew up in and uh, redistricted this year. So I think it made it a unique scenario in terms of what was lost and what was gained. But uh, it's a beautiful district, extremely hardworking people, brilliant people. And I'd say, you know, very socioeconomically diverse in terms of you have Collier and you have McKee's Rocks. So it's not one cut and dry message for everyone. It's getting out into the communities and kind of seeing what is, you know, near and dear to everyone inside those pockets of the district. Um, McKee's Rocks now is kind of on a safety crisis. They're the most dangerous zip code in not only PA, but the country. And then you have Collier, who has done a fantastic job of, you know, keeping their community safe and clean, but they're kind of not, a, not really um, pleased with their education. So they're kind of really trying to work to get their education back to an extremely high standard, which they expect. But, I mean, it's great to be able to try to tackle all of these problems for the great people of the 45th. Well, Mike, for folks who may be listening, but maybe don't follow politics closely or know what actually what district they're in, could you share the communities that make up the 45th Legislative District? Absolutely. Um, so... I've repeated it many times, so hopefully I don't leave, leave any off, but it's Robinson, kind of my hometown, Kennedy, uh, a great district, Coriopolis, Neville, Carnegie, Collier, Bridgeville, and Pensbury Village. Okay, so folks, if you live in any of those municipalities, you'll have the ability to weigh in and vote for Mike Pendell on November 8th. Now, Mike, should you win and go to Harrisburg, you know, what would be, say, the first one or two things that you would like to achieve. So I've been saying this since day one. I think one is getting tax dollars back to the district. Um, it's a district that works incredibly hard and I feel, feel you know, confidently pays their fair share in taxes, but kind of is underrepresented in terms of, you know, community needs. And I feel like a state representative's number one job is making sure their d- district is recognized by Harrisburg and getting dollars back to the district. Okay. And the second is transparency. Um, it's kind of funny everywhere I go, People want to talk about, you know, I want to know what's happening in Harrisburg. And that was kind of my 
dream scenario because I want to know what's happening in Harrisburg. It's hard to, you know, understand what's happening there when I feel like everything is kind of cloaks and daggers. You try to look up a bill and you get an abstract that is just that, abstract. I would love for, you know, people to be able to see what's actually going on in Harrisburg, what's getting voted on, and kind of the agendas that are in play, but also transparency across the state. A big thing is transparency in education right now, and I feel like that is vital for our youth, vital for parents to know, and vital for our state as a whole because, you know, literacy rates are, are dropping in our state that nobody wants to talk about, but other curriculums getting force-fed, and it's uh, detrimental to, I feel like, all of Pennsylvania, especially the 45th. Well, that's great. You know, and hopefully you'll be able to do that. Now, could you share with the folks from the 45th what you feel they're missing today from their current representation and, and why you believe that you they should vote for you and send you to Harrisburg? Sure. I, I feel like it's true representative leadership, and it comes back down to kind of something I learned through my political science years in Duquesne. It's about servant leadership. And I feel like it's almost a bygotten phrase, but you know, as an elected official, you are just that, a servant leader. It is the people before yourself. It is the people before your, you know, your party agenda. And I feel like they're suffering the effects of a, of a party agenda that is not friendly to, I have to repeat it again, small businesses, families, and individuals. Mm -hmm. So what I would love to bring is business-like leadership. It's, um, you know, kind of being the most effective person for your district. And I think what makes our district unique is half of the district saw that. They had Representative Jason Ortitai, who I believe is a phenomenal, phenomenal representative. And uh, it's huge shoes to fill for myself, but it also kind of creates this great model to follow. Somebody that is willing to fight frivolous spending. Somebody that is on the front lines of representing their constituents and, you know, not afraid to fight PennDOT in, you know, absurd budgets. So I feel like following Jason's kind of leadership and applying it to the new 45th district. Well, this is, this does represent an opportunity for you because folks traditionally think about incumbents, you know, having a significant advantage when they run for reelection. And that's all true. But however, because of the redistricting, you know, a portion of the district is new you know, for the incumbent, and then for you, you know, as a challenger, now you get a chance to, you know, on a one-to-one, on -one, even playing field, be able to go out there and make your case as to why you're the one best positioned. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was a unique scenario from the beginning. So uh, as soon as I started door knocking, it was Collier and Bridgeville to inform them that they lost Representative Ortitai, and, you know, to let them know that I'm here to try to fill his shoes to the best of my ability and to represent them as well as they were being represented. And now it's about, you know, touching Robinson, Kennedy, Coriopolis, Neville, and the other parts of the district to kind of, you know, introduce myself to them as well. So it's kind of been two different messages, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's been great to, you know, meet everyone and to now have a, you know, well put together district. Well, what's the reception you're getting at the doors, Mike, as you go around, you knock on the doors today? Sure. I was going to say what's funny is, you know, a lot of pieces kind of connect, even in terms of different parts of the district or Democrat and Republican. It's like, I'm glad to see a young face. I'm glad to see somebody that wants to apply business, like, you know, a mindset to government. You know, spending is out of control. Our economy is upside down. You know, kind of the old guard has not gotten us anywhere. And that's why I kind of share the sentiment of, you know, career politicians got us into this mess. They're not going to be the ones that get us out of this mess. So it's kind of, you know, amazing to see that both sides of the aisle are talking about liking to see youth involved, that we think that they think we're going to come with energy in terms of, you know, wanting to be an effective representative. So really, you know, pleased with the reception so far. And uh, it's been very good to me. Well, that's awesome. Now, hey, Mike. If a listener was listening to you and they wanted to help you, your campaign, they wanted to volunteer or donate money, how would they go about doing that? Sure. Um, so we have a website up. It is Pendle for P-A, P-E-N-D-E-L, and then F-O-R-P-A.com. Um, we are definitely a grassroots kind of outfit. Uh, it's door knocking, but we could also use, you know, money for the most basic things as signs, door knockers, and, um, you know, any dollar helps, as I say, um, since we are grassroots, it's going to go directly towards getting literature out there to help me get in front of as many people as possible. And then also uh, coming up next week on the 30th, I uh, have the 
immense priv- uh, privilege of having a fundraiser alongside uh, Congressman Mike Kelly and Sean Parnell uh, in my home township of Robinson. Uh, I would love to see people there. I think it'll be a great event with two stellar individuals. Mm-hmm. Is, is that event advertised on your website? Would people be able to learn more about it if they went there? Uh, yes, I could get that up on, on the website, yes. Okay. And do you want to give the website again for our listeners? Yes, thank you. Uh, it would be pendle4pa.com, also on Instagram and on Facebook, um, kind of just posting videos from the campaign trail alongside some of my uh, you know, messages for the district and uh, could really use your support. Well, Mike, that's great. Listen, we really appreciate you, you know, coming in today to talk to our audience here at the Elephant in the Room. I mean, uh, it's important that people have the opportunity to hear from you. I can tell you, <clears throat> I think this is the first time you and I have had this type of discussion. And I can tell you, I'm, I'm genuinely impressed at your background, the level of experience, and what you're looking to take to Harrisburg. Wish you nothing but the best. and Wish you good luck on November 8th. Please don't hesitate to tell us how we can be of assistance. No, you guys have been a tremendous assistance. Like I said, this platform is truly, you know, a great experience. And thank you all for, you know, putting this together. And uh, I look forward to touching base with everyone along the trail. And, you know, November, I hope, is fruitful for all of us that want to, you know, turn this country and this state around. You got it, Mike. Hey, thanks very much. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM. Republican committees, large and small, trust get elected to help them reach more voters, find more volunteers, and raise more money. All to get more conservative candidates elected to important down-ballot positions. And all for less than most of us pay for cable. Visit getelected.org to learn more. Welcome back to The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM. I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, again joined by my trusty sidekick, you know, John Schneider, the executive director of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County. And you know, hey folks, while we are so thankful to be doing our show here on WJAS, uh, they've been great to us. I'm here with our producer, Dazzling Daryl, who is manning the station here. <clears throat> but we're also available via podcast. You know, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, and on Apple. So if you don't get a chance or, you know, in the future to catch the show, is it, is it, um, is it, it occurs here from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoons, you have the ability to go to any of these locations and download the podcast and uh, make sure you don't miss anything. So thank you all for uh, listening. And, hey, want to get to our next guest. You know, in the last segment, you heard from uh, state legislative candidate Mike Pendell, who's running in the 45th legislative district. And we're pleased to have today, also joining us, Steve Schlock, our candidate for state house in the 25th legislative district. Steve, welcome to the show. Yeah, how you doing, Sam? Thank you. Well, listen, we're glad to have you here. Well, Steve, you live in Plum, right? Correct, correct. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, went to school, uh, the things that have sort of, you know, formed your background and uh, led you up to this point on why you want to run to represent the people of the 25th district in Harrisburg. Okay. Um, well, I was, I was originally, I grew up in, um, export of my, like my hometown, mm-hmm. uh, Washington township. So I went to, I went to Kiski, Kiski area, Kiski area high school. I went to a, I went to a year of prep school after I graduated from Kiski area. I went to Kiski prep for one year, post-grad. Uh, then I went to, uh, I had a four year, uh, under, my undergrad at W and J college. I got a business finance, uh, business administration, minor in psychology. So I got a business finance background. And I, I, I got, a, I got a little over 15 years, probably 16 years plus, uh, professional job experience in the private sector. So I'm not, I don't just, you know, I, I haven't just worked in government. I've actually worked in the private sector quite a bit. Um, I currently, I used to work at the bank of New York Mellon for several years prior, but I currently work now at federated investors. Now, now after the acquisition, we have federated Hermes. Um, so I work in a financial services industry. I get a good financial background. Um, I, I was raised in a pretty, I was raised in a relatively conservative uh, family growing up. Uh, c- politics was always kind of in my, in my DNA. Like my family, you know, we always I'd listen to the car and the radio to political mm-hmm. talk shows and whatnot. Like watch, I was, I was always a little bit ahead of my time compared to my own generation with regards to like world issues. 
and I was always interested in politics to some degree. Um, I kind of first got active in politics back in 2012, the presidential race with Mitt Romney. Um, I, I ran into Dave Majernik, one of my good, really, really good friends, and uh, Dave's, Dave's, Dave's the best. And as far as um, a true friend and actually, you know, knowledge in politics and being able to get things done and strategizing, Dave Majernik is, is nobody better. And Dave, uh, well, Dave got me involved with the local committee in Plum uh, around 2013. Um, and then, of course, I went up to, I think I, I think I became, within a year or so, after I started becoming active, working the polls and being active with the committee, I think I ended up taking over as chair at some point after, I think Brian Razzle took over for chair for a little while. And then, and then eventually I ended up taking a chair spot in 2013. I've had it ever since as Plum Republican chairman. And I really, I guess I just have a, uh, I just have a willingness and determination to want to help my own community and basically make a difference that way. And I, I just feel like you have, you have some control to some degree over who your elected officials are, not only in your local community, but in the state and federal level as well. And I just feel like I have an interest in that and politics. I enjoy it, but I also feel like we, we need to do our best to try to protect our, you know, protect our constitutional, constitutional rights and freedoms and, you know, try to get as many, in my, my respect, get as many Republicans and uh, people that believe in our ideals, you know, for, for our, our, our country as, as much as possible, because, if we don't, if we don't fight for our freedoms and don't, don't try to protect what we, what we have here, you know, it's, it's going to be gone before we know it. I mean, it just, it, we, we were born into a lot of us were born into these freedoms, but it just didn't it just didn't happen, you know. So I I really believe in trying to protect what we have and trying to get good candidates elected, even in my own community in Plum every year. And then of course I I was on the school board from uh, I got elected in this Plum school board from 2015 to 2019, and uh, Plum had quite a few problems and issues. We had a teacher-student sex scandal. We had a $5 million deficit we inherited, as, as well as security issues, just nonstop issues for four straight years. But uh, I, can, I can honestly say nobody did a better job of leading that board than I did when I was president as, you know, as well as finance chair. And we, I was able to bring both sides together while listening to the parents' concerns, being sympathetic to the kids and trying to get, you know, and we really got the district turned around, making some courageous decisions. Mm -hmm. And the district, when I left in 2019, was in as good a shape as it was probably ever, or at least in several decades. So, and then, of course, I, uh, I, I unsuccessfully ran for the state house in 2018 when the district before it was redistricted. And that was against the same opponent, Brandon Markosik. Um, so this year, we come, now we come to this point in 2022. They redid the districts. Of course, it's a gerrymandered district, and that the district, you know, is composed of forty by forty-five percent of Plum, Holiday Parkside, where I live, all of Monroeville, North for Sales, East McKeesport, Wall, Wilmerding, the Allegheny County, Allegheny County side of Trafford, and Turtle Creek, mm -hmm. and, and Pitcairn. So, well, Steve, you just you just packed a lot of stuff in there right and i just like to share with our yeah. listeners like you talked yeah. about dave majernik you know yeah. and, and while you and i and john we know all too well who dave is uh oh, our yeah. casual listener may not so let me just tell them <clears throat> dave majernik yeah. is a, a staple and a fixture in republican politics here in allegheny county dave served uh for almost 26 years in some capacity and uh at the republican committee of allegheny county including on Republican State Committee. He's also the chairman of the Plum Republican Committee. And again, I don't think there's anybody out there that has a bad word to say about Dave Majernik. He was always there, I agree. always willing yeah. to help, and always willing to mentor folks. <clears throat> so I just want to let the folks know, you know that that's a high honor, You know, Dave reaching out and taking you under his fold and helping mentor you to become the next chair of Plum. And then also you, you brought up Ronald Reagan there. Or I'm sorry, you brought up freedom and how you yeah, know we have to yeah. fight for this. And that reminds me yeah. of Reagan's quote. You know, freedom yeah. is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't yeah. pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day, exactly. we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. <clears throat> you know, and, you know, uh, Steve... I just saw with this thing that Biden did this week in yeah. regards to taking, trying to pander 
you know, to uh, folks with student loans to try to buy their yeah. votes in the November midterm elections. I've never felt that this democracy was more at risk. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think so. But I think Joe Biden, I, I think he's definitely been the worst president, you know, in terms of his leadership inability, or probably better to say his inability to lead. Um, I think I don't th- really think he's totally there as mentally. Uh, I think that he kind of like is more like a pawn for the left's agenda. I mean, I think he just get, goes along with a lot of it. I, I, yeah, I definitely think that this is a this is a bad idea. And basically, what did what today's Democrat Party has become is basically the party of you know what do I have to give you as far as freebies in order to get your vote? And that, that's pretty much what it's what it's come down to. And I think this is not this is not good for the state of our country or Americans. This is not what America was founded on, you know. And I just think that Biden and its current administration has the country on on the wrong path. For no, sure. I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. You know, and I think that uh, that that gets back to I think, you know, why you wanted to run, right? Yeah. You want to be able to make a difference here for the people in your community. Do you want to tell us what drove you to step up and run here? You know, for state representative well, in the 25th couple, district. Couple. And hold on, hold on. And then also, you know, tell us what you learned from your last run for state rep and what you're going to do different this time. Okay. Okay. All right. For uh, what, why, I'm, why I'm running, well, a couple different reasons. Um, the current 25th State House District has been held by the same family for about for 40 years, since around 1982. I think father, son. So, um, And I feel like the people in the 25th District – is, is the current is the current representative has the representatives here the last forty years been held really truly held accountable, you know, and are, are the and the people t- people today even talking every day at the voters, I find out what people's struggles are. People are really hurting, whether that's financially due to high gas prices, whether it's you know the skyrocketing cost in the grocery stores and otherwise due to high inflation. You know, everybody's feeling it. The summer guards, everybody's just like you and I. We're you know we're we're living, you know, we got paycheck to paycheck or whatever, whatever our situation is, but we're all feeling it. The economy's struggling, the job economy, everything has just gone south in the last two years. And I feel like talking to voters every day, people feel, I think people feel like their, their concerns and their voices are being unheard or not being like, nobody seems like they're caring. And I just feel like this, this seat and like politics in general is not meant for a safe job. It's meant as meant as a servant of the people. And I just feel like over the last 40 years, this has become, you know, especially this seat has become more of like a safe job for some. And I just think, and I, and I feel like we really, I could, with my, what I, what I have to offer, especially what I did in Plum reforming the Plum School District, I feel like I could, I could definitely represent the people and serve the people, I think, better than what we're getting right now. So that's why, ultimately, why I decided to step up and run for this seat. So, um, and and the second question was, what have I learned from the last race in 2018 versus what I, what have I, what am I going to do differently this time? I would definitely say with 2018 different, it was a different year, um, different kind of climate. What have I, I definitely learned that you need to have a good, a, a, a pretty good team behind you. In other words, mm-hmm. I think maybe in 2018 to some degree, I had a lot on my plate. I was school board president. Republican chairman and plum full-time job running for state rep. So in other words, I think that I learned you can't do everything on your own. You've got to have a good team behind you. I've done a better job of getting people uh, behind me and my grassroots team um, as far as working on my campaign uh, and just being a little more, a little more organized because it was my first run for state. So I learned a lot in terms of like, I got to have better help, be a little more, be a little more organized. And then like, I learned pretty much, what the whole campaign, as far as like costs and you know what, what everything is, is entails with what things are going to cost all the way from start to finish, and like and also um, you know even this this year I didn't have a primary in 2018, but I had a primary this year, so I had you know this I had to learn right away like how I'm going to like you got to pace yourself and you got you have to you have to adjust how you you know run in a primary versus how you're going to handle your general. So there's a, there's a lot of aspects you know that I've learned from 2018 and 2022 and even what I've learned this year. But I think more than ever, having a good team behind you and making sure you have enough help so you don't put everything on your shoulders is definitely a huge thing because nobody can run a race, you know, especially on a state level or like this, 
you know, by themselves. You need to have a good team behind you. Right. And because like, like they always say, like, it's, it's all about team together. Everyone achieves more. So, right. Yeah. They say there's no I in team, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, now some of this stuff, I think is gonna be helpful to folks out there that are potentially considering running for, uh, you know, any type of elected position, whether it be school board, you know, municipal officials or anything like that. Uh, so that's all great. Uh, can you talk to us and tell us a little bit about what are you hearing at the doors? What are the okay. issues that most seem to animate, you know, the people that you're knocking doors on? And before you get yeah. into that, let us tell our listeners that we call Steve La Machine. And that's because this guy is a relentless door knocker. Steve, how many doors have you knocked on this cycle? Uh, well, since the beginning of the primary, over 10,000. And since May 21st, 8,051 doors. Well, see, folks, look at, listen to that. I mean, Think about that, knocking on over 10,000 doors. So I don't need an Emerson or Franklin and Marshall or a Gallup or any other poll to find out what animates the people in the 25th district. I can ask Steve Schlock because he's knocking on those doors personally. So, Steve, what are the issues that people care about in the 25th district? Well, there's a lot of issues. People have different you know, needs and desires and concerns. I would say right off the bat, I think financially, like, definitely people are feeling it at the gas pump. I mean, gas has been coming down a little bit lately, but, like, before it was, you know, close to $5 a gallon. I mean, everybody, and it's still much higher than it was a couple of years ago. So people are feeling it financially at the gas pump. They're feeling it at the grocery store. Just everything in general, when you're purchasing things, you know, in the, mar- in the, in the free market we have or whatever you want to call it, like in the, in the marketplace, everything is more expensive. Food, everything. And people are feeling it financially, uh, you know, Another, another, another issue people are feeling is, I think, education. Um, like, pe- people are worried about, you know, are my kids going to get the right education? Like, what are my kids learning in school? Like, education is definitely one of those issues out there that's important to people. Um, and in my, my, my specific district, which includes a, a big chunk of it is Monroeville, um, when public safety is definitely a, an issue because um, I know, as well as a lot of people in my district, that, over the last 20 to 25 years, even since I was a little kid, Monroeville public safety has been a concern and kind of declined in some, in, in, in some capacity. It's definitely, it's definitely in some capacity over the last like 20 years, and it's gotten worse. It's not getting any better. And I think some people even feel like it's, it's, people feel it's unsafe to even go to the, the Monroeville Mall anymore. So, and I, and I, you know, what is being done about it? Well, I mean, you know, well, Steve, if I could interject there, you know, I know the Chief Cole out there in Monroeville yeah. is doing the best he can yeah, you know, to yeah. protect the people of Monroeville. But you're absolutely right. They've had a number of high-profile yeah. shootings at Monroeville Mall, yeah. and that brings yeah. us into a bigger discussion in regards to public safety, You know, because one of the things I was just talking to a former probation officer yesterday who was telling me that the, uh, the shooter that had shot up Monroeville Mall a number of years ago, the first, the first time in which five people were wounded, had actually yeah. been arrested previously on gun charges and violent crime, but had been let loose by a liberal Allegheny County common police court judge, you know, instead of being held accountable. Yeah. And this is yeah. something yeah. that we see over and over again. So, you know, one, you got to let police do their job. But even Correct. in these areas where, for example, Monroeville, where the police are doing their job and may have the support of their local elected officials, it's not helping if the judges in our courts won't hold these people responsible. And I just saw I something uh, the other day. We, we, now, this came out of California, but I think it would bear uh, the same across the country. 70% of the folks that were released on no cash bail, in other words, they just say, because they got rid of cash bail, cash bail just let these folks out. 70% yeah. of them committed new crimes, including up to yeah. murder. So, I mean, I think public safety is a big concern for folks that are out there today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's some of the issues I'm hearing at the doors. I mean, but even if people aren't telling me, you know, specifically issues, I think everyone in general is feeling the same thing. But it's like I'm, I'm trying to be sympathetic talking to the voters, asking them, what are your concerns? What do you care about? What's important to you, whether state or locally? Because I, I want to give the, the voters the, you know, the idea that I do care. That's why I'm running. I'm not just running 
you know, to serve myself. I'm not running at all to serve myself. I, I don't need the position. I have my own job. I'm doing this to make a difference for the people and basically to try to make the state a better place to live and work for all of us. Well, so, see, that, I mean, that's, and, and, that, that, that's how this government was intended. You know, we were exactly. supposed to have citizen legislators, <clears throat> people that had a job, had a living, went and served, and then came back home, okay? And, yep. and, and your background, you know, as a financial analyst and things like that, and in finance, I mean, you, I, I think you also are aware that the government, they took a second look in our economy in the second quarter yeah. and found the GDP shrank by 0.6% on an annualized yeah. basis. So we are technically in a recession. So when you talked yeah. about gas prices coming down, you know, yeah, that's a that's helpful, but it's still considerably higher than it was I agree. when Joe oh, Biden agree. took office. And, you know, and with 8.5% inflation, you know, yeah. uh, one of the reasons why gas prices are coming down, supply and demand, people are changing their behavior and they're not driving enough because the prices were too high. Yep. And then one other issue people brought up too with the doors, and I I can relate uh, kind of relate to this really well is people complain about property taxes. You know, and gateways raise taxes. Their school districts having issues. They raised taxes the last few years, and people are complaining about the high taxes. And I just all, I can tell every one of those people that you know there's not a there's not a person in this district or even probably in Plum or Moreover or anywhere that's done a better job of keeping taxes lower than I have when I was on the school board, especially on, for four years. I never voted to raise taxes because I always had better alternatives, you know, as far as protecting taxpayer dollars while also getting the most out of our kids' education. And, you know, raising taxes should always be a last resort, you know, if ever. And I just, and I, and I feel like people are complaining about property taxes and taxes in general. You know, I, and that's part of the reason why people in my generation have left the state for other jobs outside the state because, in general, you know, Pennsylvania is a purple state, but the regulations and taxes are always higher. And that chases people out for jobs elsewhere, you know, and I, that's one of the things that I can definitely relate to in my finance, my financial, uh, you know, skill in that area. I know, I know how to manage money. I did a great job of managing money and fixing a $5 million deficit without cutting programs and plum was, you know, with my financial ability. So I know how to keep taxes lower. And that was another issue that people brought up at the doors was taxes. And see, that's going to be important. <clears throat> I would think people would appreciate that and potentially sending you to Harrisburg to represent yeah, them because- exactly. What happens too often is, you know, in government today, someone comes up with an idea that they need to do something, and they automatically, first thing they do is they look to new money to do it with, okay? Oh, well, we yeah. need X number of money. No one typically looks at how are we spending our money today in benchmarking whether that money that's being spent is delivering positive in- outcomes, you know, or having a, uh, is actually working, Right. So somebody like yep. yourself who has the ability to do this type of financial analysis and has demonstrated you know, that experience in their background of having come into a situation which was very challenging, both financially and professionally, with what you guys were dealing with at Plum you know, during yep. those scandal-plagued years, right? Exactly. And manage that to where, you know, to where you folks are today. I mean, you know, Plum is one of the best school districts you know, out there, and uh, – you know, you, you, you helped guide them through that. Now, yep. uh, if someone wanted to help your campaign, Steve, how would they volunteer? How would they take and donate? Well, uh, my, uh, my pack name is Friends of Steve Schlock. Um, it should, it's on my website. So if you go to my website, www.schlockforstaterep, that's S-C-H-L-A-U-C-H, number four, and then staterep.com, there's a, I have a campaign email address uh, on my website. So they could email me or they can direct message me or they can send me a message on Facebook or if, or if they have my phone number, they can contact me. But my PAC name, if they wanted to send me a donation through the mail or send or by check or cash or whatever, they can mail me a donation, but they can contact me through my email, my campaign website, or direct message by phone or however they can get a hold of me. So donations. And of course, volunteer. If they want to volunteer, help me door knock, or we, I'm definitely going to need help working the polls for poll coverage in November. So if, they, if they're interested in being a volunteer or donating, my campaign email, my website is the best way to get in touch with me, or if they have my direct number or on Facebook. Do you want to give them that website again, Steve? Yeah, sure. www.schlauch.com. 
and then staterep.com. Schlock for staterep.com. Well, Steve, I hope that, uh, you know, folks will reach out for you. Like I said, uh, you know, uh, resources, it's important to have resources at this time of year to be able to help get your information out there, the message, you know, why you're running the platform, and to be able to share that with as many people as possible. I know you're doing the best that you can. My gosh. Hey, you know, 10,000 doors. John, that is unbelievable, you know? Yeah, I, I heard he's like second in the state as far as how many doors. <laughs> yeah, that's some. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, Steve, but I, that's what I heard. Yeah. Wow. What, what, what eight thousand eight thousand doors since May? I, I yeah, and I also heard out of all the candidates, uh, you're number two as far as how many doors yeah. you've knocked. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I guess I don't take a pride in being the top door knocker. I guess I just that's just who I am. And that's my work ethic, and that's I, I live by. I live by the Carrie Del Rosso. Uh, hashtag, which is winning is the only option. That's what I live by. So, <laughs> well, I think I think you're on a, a great path here. Yeah, because <clears throat> it all starts with hard work. You know, people talk about luck. You know, and obviously, I mean, hey, you know, when we get done, I mean, obviously, I'll tell you, hey, I wish you the very best. Good luck on November eighth. But you know, people make their own luck. You know, with hard I work. Agree. And I think uh, you're right. out there doing a phenomenal job. I know that we here at RCAC are happy to support you, and you know, I personally. I'm happy to support you. I think you would oh, make yeah. a great state really rep. Grateful. Yeah, I think you'd make a great state rep. <clears throat> You're very earnest. You're hardworking. And I, I, you really do care. And special interests aren't going to corrupt Steve Schlock. You know, so, hey, John, what do That's you right. think? That's right. Send Steve Schlock to uh, S- Pennsylvania House? Yes, let's please do. All right. Hey, let's get an envelope, hey. a big stamp. <laughs> okay. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Sam, and thanks, John, and you guys are the best, and thanks for everything you do for the county GOP party in Allegheny County. You guys are the best. Hey, Steve, thanks Thanks, thanks for Steve. joining us here on The Elephant in the Room. We really do appreciate it, you know. All right, thank you. All right. Hey, folks, you heard today from two good, great House candidates. You know, Mike Pendell running for State House in the Pennsylvania 45th House District and Steve Schlock running for the Pennsylvania House in the 25th Legislative District. Please, <laughs> Mark this down, put it on your notepads, and vote for these guys when you go to the polls or fill out your mail-in ballot here on November 8th. Again, thank you all for joining in today and listening to us here on The Elephant in the Room. This is your host, Sam DeMarco. Until next week, see you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.